0: Amen. You can be seated. I, uh, I want to, um, have, uh, just be ready to come. I'm going to call you in a minute, uh, Jade and Natalie and Patty. Amen. So just be, be ready and somebody, Chris, if you'll be ready with a mic. Um, so, um, I just want to go over a couple of things. On your handout, Barrett's going to go over most, you know, some other announcements, but I wanted to point out a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is, if you look at the bottom of the upcoming events, it shows on February 16th and 17th. That's LEAD 18 with Pastor J.B. Whitfield at Agape Church. That's in Winston-Salem. Yeah, glory to God, it's good. So that's, um, that's going to be on a Friday and Saturday. Uh, you know, the Lord... Let me, let me, that's going to be in Winston-Salem. Pastor JB is one of uh, my mentors. Uh, very knowledgeable about leadership. What we know about leadership here, uh, the majority of what we know that works came from Pastor JB. Amen. (laughs) And um, so anyway, we're going to go up there. Anybody is welcome to do it. All they need to do is register. And uh, if you need to register, uh, Priscilla, will you raise your hand? She can get the information to you. And um, anybody's welcome. Now, that's going to be uh, uh, basically some workshops. It's going to be some great stuff. And uh, that Friday and Saturday it's really good. There's a bunch of workshops and everything to just help you and grow and teach. As Christians, we have a responsibility to grow and increase in the things of God. We have a responsibility to do that. And so we should be growing. We shouldn't just be sitting stagnant, right? Stagnant water smells. You don't want to smell. Say, I don't want to smell. (laughs) Amen. Unless you're smelling good, like she was talking about earlier. You want to smell good. All right. We're supposed to have a sweet uh, aroma about us. Amen. So um, now we're doing, that will be some in-depth workshops. What we're going to be doing on March the 3rd here will be a leadership basic training. And I want I want to see everybody here for that. It'll be March the 3rd at 9 a.m. And listen, invite anybody. This leadership will work in church. It'll work in the corporation. It'll work anywhere. Why? Because it's based on biblical things. Now what this will do is it will give you a very strong introduction into leadership, what to do, like steps A, B, C, right? And you'll see how we function and flow and how we're able to, it'll help you be a better uh, volunteer. It'll help you serve God better. It will help you get promoted at work. Glory to God. Anybody like to get promoted at work? Just a couple. Oh, anybody like to get promoted at work? All right, y'all didn't seem that excited. I just thought... (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that as we give ourselves to the things of God, he wants to promote us and increase us. That's just a truth. That's not the message today, but we could do that. Um, We could take some time. Now, I want you to see also on, um, I'm handling most of these, but glory to God. Anyway. we have a baptism service coming up uh, at the end of, at the end on February the 11th. So if you need to be baptized, if you've been born again, never been baptized, or maybe you got uh, baptized as a child, but you've kind of rededicated as an adult, then, and you need to be baptized, you need to sign up for that. And I believe there's a sign-up sheet out front. Uh, one of the things is next Sunday... In Psalms 133, Psalms 133, it sh- it talks about unity, right? Yeah. And it says unity is like the place where God commands the blessing. Hallelujah. Now I want to just really quickly, I want you to see. So unity is like the place where God commands the blessing. Well, here's the difference between a commanded blessing and a release blessing. A release blessing is one that you have a choice. A commanded blessing, you can't stop it. All right? That's what unity will do. When God Himself commands the blessing, you can't stop the blessing of God in your life. Unity is tied to God's commanded blessing. So here's the thing next Sunday, we have a chance to be in unity with the body of Christ in this area. Sunday night, 6 p.m. at the Ag Center, it's called One. This will be like the fifth or sixth year uh, since we started. We haven't done it every single year, but when the Lord directed us, there's going to be probably 20, 30, maybe even 40 churches, and we're all coming together to be unified as we worship God. That's what it's going to be about. So it'll be next Sunday night at 6 p.m. We should all be there because, Lord, we want to promote unity in the body of Christ. Hey, listen, this world needs a commanded blessing from God. Amen? All right. And so now, uh, if you could put up the uh, kickstart uh, picture for a few uh, seconds there. So we're in 40 days of prayer and fasting, right? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Look at that. That's it. God's doing stuff. Why are we in this 40 days of prayer and fasting? Because, you know what, believe it or not, whether we think it or not, there's, we've been in bondages that we probably didn't even know about. Right now. Let me, let me just ask this question. How many of you, since you've been in 40 days of prayer and fasting, because it says fasting will break every yoke and it will break the bondages, right? How many of you, since you've been doing this, how many have felt the blessing of God and the release of God? Raise your hand. Since you've been doing this. All right. Now, here's the, here's the next question. That's awesome. Look at that. Y'all are doing so great. God is so good. I want you to see something. How many of you knew that you needed what you got beforehand? Did you know that you needed it? Now look at the difference. See, most people did not know the depth of the help that they needed. They think that they were okay But in the end, they go into prayer and fasting because they're being obedient, they're seeking after God, and all of a sudden they find stuff breaking off of them, and they never realize they needed it broken off. See, when we get obedient to go after God, we will find that we will run into His goodness. Y'all are doing so good in that. But part of the reason why we're doing that is we're starting this year off right, and we're going to end that 40 days, on with kickstart conference 2018 right and so let's put that back up and see here on monday through friday february 5th through the night at 6:30. We're going to have a conference to kick this year off right. We're going to come out of this fast with all the power of God, and we're going to set 2018 in everybody's lives exactly where it needs to be a year of greatness, a year of abundance straight from the Lord, so that we can do everything He's asked us to do. Not only that, but we're going to do this. We're going to invite people from the community. They're starting to get schedules now where we will take and put flyers on people's door and we're going to invite them. There's people out there that they're sitting on the edge. I know I need to go to church. I know I need to. I'm hearing it all the time now. I know I need to be there. And they're just waiting for somebody to invite them. Right, We're going to go out there that week before. We're going to invite them to come to church. We're going to give them stuff. We're going to give them prizes uh, each day. And then the last day, if they come, this will be new guests to boomerang, new visitors. If you're here for the first time, you qualify for those gifts and those prizes. If you've been here for... You can't win them. All right? Uh, But... um, you and i can't win them but uh, anyway if you've been here for a long time you've been a member you don't this not for you this is for new guests and visitors that we have but here's what if they're here every day we're going to put them in the drawing on that Sunday morning that's the same Monday we'll have the baptism and we're going to give away a $1000 prize probably pay off $1000 of their bills that Sunday morning amen Now, and so it's going to be awesome. Why are we wanting to do that? We just want to bless them. We want to show them that God's not poor. We want to show them that God loves them, right? We just want to serve them. But guess what else? During that week, Monday through Friday, they're going to hear about the goodness of God. They're going to hear that God's not mad at them, that he wants to bless them. But there's things we can do to get in the right places. There's things that God will empower us to live out so that we will be in the good places of God, not only for us, but to take it to the world. So we're excited about that. Uh, Where's Doyle? Put that uh, one more time. Kickstart 2018. So this will be an event on Facebook later today. Share this thing and then share it again. And then when you get tired of it, share it again. Somebody needs your invite. Invite your friends and make sure that they uh, go here and they get ready uh, to come to Kickstart. Now, uh Doyle, we're, man, Doyle, thank you. He, he put in some work, got this thing ready to go. That's awesome. Glory to God. Helping do the graphics and stuff. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you so very much. And uh, so, amen. I want to, uh, if Natalie and Jade and Patty would come up here real quick, and Chris, come with a microphone. I want them, we're talking about healing can be yours. You can go ahead and turn to James chapter 1 and verse 1 this is the third week of healing right now do we serve a good god yeah, oh yeah you better believe it we serve a good god right here's the thing if god would pour out finances would he pour out healing yes. he's already done it if he would if he would pour out healing would he pour out protection Yes, he's already done it. And so this is, you know, on the third day of the fast, you could feel something broke. We came here for the noontime prayer. Again, y'all are doing so good on the prayer and fasting. I mean, it's just awesome. This is how we step into the presence of God and stay there through this. And y'all are doing just so great. I'm hearing testimonies all the time. Noon prayer, people are gathering. We're praying, we're praying, we're seeing the breakthrough. Well, that third day of prayer, we stepped in here and it's like... Woo, something's different. Something's different, right? And uh, just breakthroughs started to happen. Well, these, these ladies and their families, they had three different testimonies I just wanted you to hear about. Uh, uh, Miss Natalie had a testimony. And, and you don't have to give every single detail. Just give the the big thing that happened. You had one with the healing, and then you had the testimony from last week. So let's just uh, go and let them give their testimony.
1: Okay. God is good. We all know that, right? And he says to have faith. Not hope. We have faith. We ask for it now. And God says if we ask for it now, he knows the desires of our heart, we will have it. Right? Okay. We had a bill. (laughs) We didn't (laughs) know how, (laughs) how we were going to pay that bill. And with the help of Stephen and the pastor... We did a refinance to help ourselves. But we didn't know how we were still going to pay this bill. I prayed. I, oh, and I got to just throw this in. Impact, if you are not going, <laughs> you come. God will work out a way for you to come.
0: That's I'm right. proof of that. Impact University. Yeah,
1: he has... He is, Provided. Amen. So with this bill, I'll try to make it (laughs) clear. With this bill, um, well, like I said, we didn't know how he was going to pay it. And then Will was out for Christmas, so we had a week that we didn't get a, he didn't get a check. So we're like, we were going to be short on that. Okay. I'm like, God, I need this X amount of dollars. It is in my checking account. It is in my checking account. (laughs) So on Friday, I got two little checks. Like, okay. That makes up for this. The next day, I went out, checked the mail. Nothing in the mail.
0: God, it's in there. It's in there. I walked back out to the... <laughs> now, did you have any idea how God was going to do it? No, now?
1: no. I didn't have any idea how this money was going to be here, but I had the faith. I said, it's here. Yeah. So I went back out to the, <laughs> to the mailbox, and it was there. It covered that bill. It covered for his check. And I was on the phone with Will and I had opened up. I was going, Oh yes. I was going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Will was like, okay, what's going on? Because he's on the phone. And I was like, Oh, I said, he did it. He did it. He did it. He did it. So we had enough for that bill and the cover for his week. And so just, I just thank God you just got half faith. Yes. You just got. Her Amen.
0: Faith. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So she had she had uh, walked in a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she was like, "We got to pray over this." And I'm like, hey, "Amen. We'll agree. God will do it. That's He's a provider, you know." And uh, she's like, "I'm believing. I'm believing. And then um, I. I it was after I think Impact that night, and anyway, she walks up to me. Her eyes are this big, and she's got a smile ear to ear. I'm like, "Tell me, you know." And uh, she she let it go. It was awesome, and it that was it was not a small amount. It was a decent amount that you needed, and and God came through. They had an unexpected bill come up. It was awesome. God's a provider. He loves He loves us. He loves us. He loves His people, and that that manifests. Look look here. Jesus is a savior. That is his character. It's not just his title. That's his character, that's his nature, and he longs to save you in whatever area it is. And when you look in in the Bible, you see that throughout the whole thing. He loves you, right? Now, most of the time the reason why we don't have what we need is because we step away from his plan. But if we will learn who he is and walk with him have faith in him he will save you from whatever it is amen here's another example
2: all right so i've seen god work in my life in healing he's healed me of lyme disease which they say is incurable he's healed me of neuropathy pain so bad in my feet that i could barely walk he's healed me of a thyroid condition he's healed me of so many things yet i still walked in a deception a deception that i'd had an inhaler since i was eight or nine years old And the deception was, well, I was told I would always need it, so I'm always going to need it. My brother Chris even lovingly rebuked me one night when we were about to worship because he saw me use that inhaler. But you know what? It didn't sink in because I believed the deception. So finally, it was an impact class. We were on the chapter about faith is now. And I was like, how can I believe that God can heal me of X, Y, and Z, but he's going to leave me needing an inhaler? That is junk. It is junk. And it was my it was my deception that I allowed in my life. And I was like, that's it. Nobody prayed for me. Nobody stood up in faith for me. I said, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. And you know what? Yesterday, I walked for the first time. We hiked four miles up Morrow Mountain. Guess what? I didn't even bring an inhaler.
0: Amen. Amen. Glory
2: and I didn't even share this one with y'all yet. Last Sunday morning, I woke up and reading my Bible. My glasses made my eyesight worse.
0: <laughs> amen. Amen. Glory that, to God.
2: That's our God.
0: Amen. Amen. That's why you know the impact that I've been having i'm taking my glasses off when i've been reading i I can read without glasses it's been the far side but these glasses are messing up my reading now more than they ever had i'm same things happening amen Amen. good we're moving
3: Uh, okay um super condensed version um i have a now one and a half year old we've been going through some surgeries and some procedures and this and that for eight nine months now um the most recent procedure he had, um, they put a nephrostomy tube in his kidney, and a little one-year-old body, his kidney was about down to here. It was completely deformed and way too large for his little body. And even the surgeon who came in after the surgery said, well, we got it in there placed, but, you know, it's okay for kids to just have one kidney. Like already kind of bringing that in, we got it placed, but just just know that. I, I deal with kids all the time with one kidney. People live fine with one that's well and good, but no.
0: Right. Yeah. Amen.
3: No. <laughs> He's not going to live with one kidney. Yeah. He's got two, and they're perfect, and they're whole. So we went back last week. Um, went back, and uh, two appointments. My daughter had an appointment. They were going to try to refer her to an urologist. Had some tests run, and then they called me after our Holy Spirit service, yeah. and they right. said.
0: So then this is important. So Sunday night. Yeah. We had the Holy Spirit service yeah. last week, yeah. Sunday night. You came up because you said, I just got to drop some stuff. I yeah, got to leave it here holding at it. the altar. I was, I yeah, had it on me, I had it so on me and I,
3: I pray every, you know what I mean? I get in it and I feel it and I'm worshiping and I'm praising, but it was still just on me.
0: Yeah, so, like fear and the weight the, of it. Yeah, the
3: weight yeah. of it. And uh, me and my husband had kind of talked about Holy Spirit service. He come, we have, we have that one and a half year old and it's. He's fun to chase around, but, you know, but it's better for one to be here and be fed and really get into it. Well, this past Sunday we switched. I said, "Okay, I'm going to go. You stay home with the kids this time." And um, man, it broke. <laughs> it, it yes, like yes, I could feel myself shining through the newness of it. And um, that next week we got to call back Scarlett. Much as my daughter will not be referred to the urologist, yeah, yeah. she is great she's perfect she won't even get to see him and then we get back from my son's appointment with the same urologist and uh he said that his kidney is down to now half the size that it was yeah, yeah. and there go. they're taking him completely off of his medicine now
1: yeah <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Amen.
3: and he he was leaning towards uh you know this kidney may not may always look a little different and it may always be a little more deformed but we're not even standing on that. Yes,
0: amen. Amen.
3: It's going to be perfect.
0: So yeah. you needed you needed finances. God came through. You needed healing in a whole heap load of areas. God came through, came through, came through. You needed breakthrough in your mind and in your heart and you needed healing in your kids. God came through. You see that's just it. Thank you all so much. God will come through. That's just the last like two weeks, right? That we, I mean, there's more. There's several of you. I could pull up the testimonies and have you testify now about what God's doing. And here's the thing. Do you really think that God paid a bigger price for them no. than he paid for you? No. No. The same price was paid. You just have people that start to know. You see, you don't move in faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, right? First John 5, 4, right? So this is the victory. But how can you be in faith? How can you believe God if you don't know what the will of God is? And when you start understanding that God's not holding the sin against you, He's not holding that trespass against you, and I should not walk in that, that sin anymore, but He's empowered me to walk away from it, If if that table is God and I start taking steps towards the Lord, when I get in His presence... The only thing that can happen is God's character start to take over my life. In other words, He's a Savior. He's a healer. We're talking about healing can be yours. And the reason I want you to hear those testimonies is because God's up to healing today. You know, that's healing right now. God is in the healing business. God is in the saving business. God is in the business of loving on His people, right? He's not sitting up there mad anymore like so many people have said he's forgiven the world he's not holding the world's Trespasses against them. Now, does that mean that we, you know, can't mess up by sin? Of course we can mess up. And the, and the word says, look, you don't want to be in that place. You know, if you start sinning, your conscience gets affected and your conscience affects your faith. So now you don't have the thing that overcomes. You don't have the faith that overcomes because of that. But if you'll say, look, Lord, I'm dropping that sin right now today. I'm not doing it anymore. It's not who I am. I'm walking another way. I'm going the other direction. I'm going away from sin and I'm going to you. All of a sudden, immediately it says God is faithful and just to forgive you and you'll step right into his presence and stay there. And then you start to realize, I want to stay here and I want to love on God. The word says also in 1 John, it says that we love because he first loved us. So in other words, all of a sudden, when you start to receive and see God as the Savior and see Him like that, you start to realize, man, if He'd do that for me, I want to love Him back. Well, how can I love Him back? Well, I can live the way He wants me to. I can live like Christ. I can live godly. I can advance His kingdom. That's how I can love Him back. I can be a part of what church is doing. I can advance the kingdom, give to it my time and resources. Let's see this love given to other people. Remember the scripture that I read earlier in 2 Corinthians 5 said, Not only has God made us right, but He's given us this ministry. Of telling people that he's made them right? This is your and my ministry right now. Yeah. And so I want to look at this today. You know, in Healing is Yours, we looked at several things already that are kind of like sacred cows, you know. Uh, there's a lot of things that hold people back from healing. One of the first things we established is God is a healer. It's who he is. You can't. He can't not be a healer right and we showed that the devil is the one who oppresses people we showed that God actually every sickness and disease is under the curse in Deuteronomy 28:61 and then in Galatians 3:13 it says that we are redeemed from the curse in other words we're redeemed from it it's gone every sickness and disease so why are people still sick the fact is most people don't know that again it goes back to how can you you have faith if you don't know who God is, if you don't know what he's done. On that cross, he not only bore our sins, but he also bore our sicknesses. So we talked about that. If you missed Healing Can Be Yours, part one and two, go back. Go to boomerangvideo.org or bcvideo.org and go watch Go watch the healing can be yours part one and two and see that I'm telling you we're kicking over some sacred cows and some bad teaching and we just went into the word to see it. So I want us I want you to see another thing today. Have you ever heard somebody say well uh, God's just leading me through this sickness to teach me something. You ever heard that right. He's just taking me through this to teach me something. Garbage. It is garbage. But here's the thing. Now, here, if you find yourself in a sickness, would God use it? Sure, sure absolutely. I would use if my If my children mess up, I'll use that as a teaching moment. But I didn't want them to mess up. I didn't want them to be in that place. Why? Because I'm a loving father. How can a loving father use evil to to do something good for his kids? Yeah. He doesn't. It's completely It's illogical. We would call that child abuse. God's not a child abuser. That's just it. Now, see, so here's this thing. I want you to say this with me. we said it every week. I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. We'll say it again. I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. Now, why would we say stuff like that? Uh, because the Word says that what we confess is what we can have. And we're made in the image of God. You know, when God made the world, this is very important. A lot of our, I used, I lived under this kind of deception for quite some time. Up until I was an adult, here's how I prayed. Amen. And I like prayed all in my head. But did you ever notice that we were made in the image of God. Have you ever read that in Genesis? Did you ever notice in Genesis, it said, you know, God didn't say, and light was. It didn't happen like that. It happened like this. And God said, let there be light. And God said, let us make man in our image. Right? And God said, and God said, and God said. And see, we're supposed to operate like Him. And so you notice that Jesus didn't get in front of Lazarus' tomb and go... (laughs) He didn't do that. He didn't motion to the grave. He didn't just do that. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Yeah. Right? Come on. Yeah. He spoke. We're made to speak. Why? Because in our words, if you study it out, our words contain power. We have the ability to change situations. And so uh, it's important for us to understand that we need to speak those things. And that's why we say, hey, I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. And, and not only that, say this with me, I'm taking healing with me. I'm taking Amen. I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. I'm leaving well, and I'm taking healing with me. Why? Because the word says these signs will follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. He said these signs will follow, and I challenge you from the very first—you uh, know, the very first day—are they following you? And if they're not, the question then becomes: Do you really believe? Uh-oh. Are you a believer? I mean, really. So we're supposed to be people that these signs follow, yep. right? And and so it's one of those things that I don't just need to have healing for myself and for my family. I need to carry it with me. I'm the body, the hands and the feet of God. You are the hands and the feet of God. We are the body of Christ on this earth. And if we come by somebody and they need healing, right, then we're taking healing with us. Be healed in Jesus' name, right? Be healed in Jesus' name. We're taking it with us. That's what we're called to do. Jesus made that very clear. And he said, these works will you do and greater. That's what he's talking about. Even if you're in perfect health, we are ambassadors of God and have a responsibility to raise our faith for healing for ourselves and others. So now, let's look at James chapter 1 and verse 1. And let's just read verse 1 here. The book of James chapter 1 verse 1. James "...a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings." Alright, so now, one of the things that's happening here is you. it's good to understand who James is. Uh, There's many people that believe that James was the half-brother of Jesus... Some people disagree. Scholars, it's not entirely clear, but some people believe that he was the half-brother of Jesus, uh, which is cool, you know. It's cool that, that he was there. What most do agree on is that this James uh, was the overseer of the church in Jerusalem in the first century. Uh, so you're talking about the church, right? When they had a problem... Uh, they talked about, you know, do we mingle with the Gentiles? That got solved in the church forum, and James was the overseer of that. So when they went to establish doctrine, this was the James that said, this is how it's going to be, right? He, this is, You're talking about a guy who knows some stuff, right? And that's important because we want to know... And we want to know, one, what he says, but also I want you to see something. Could he not have said, ah, James, the overseer of the church of Jerusalem. <sighs> That's who I am. And if he was the brother of Christ, couldn't he have also said, I am the brother of Jesus. Most people would introduce, they would connect it. Why? Well, they would make more of themselves. But what do we have James doing? He identifies as this, I'm the servant of Christ. I'm the servant of Christ. I'm a servant. It's who I am. This is the humility that we need to understand. That look, we, that if you want to be the best in the kingdom of God, you serve. You serve. So many people want to be leaders. And what they try to do is they try to get themselves in an elevated position, a positional authority. And then they try to speak and you ought to follow me. That's how I was taught to lead at one point. But in the Word, that's not the way it is. The Word does this. The Word says, come on, let me get up and help you. Let me bear the burdens of one another and let me serve you. And that's what we see in James right here. It's not trying to be in a position. It's trying to serve. And here's the thing. Those who will be least will be greatest. Most of the people that you see really doing stuff... In the kingdom of God, I promise you. Before they became something, they were serving. Most of the people I know that's actually doing stuff in the kingdom of God at one point they were cleaning church toilets. I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. They were scrubbing toilets in the church. Does everybody have to scrub a toilet to be something? No, no. But what I'm saying is they had a heart to serve. Huh? (laughs) It's worth a try. It does help. It does help. They do have to be cleaned, believe it or not. You know, and uh, but here's the thing: I've done it. You know, we've done it. It's just, it's, it's. That's just an area, you know, where people need to understand. When you're serving people, people are people. Oh my goodness, Lord! <laughs> what he just brought up to my mind is really funny, and I can't tell you. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> People, okay. I'll show show me how to clean this. So you know what, people people are people, and they come with messes. They come with messes. You know, I remember. Oh my! I hope my sister's watching this. This will be so much fun for me. My sister, when she was in second grade, she was standing there and uh, she was in the classroom in her second grade class. Glory to God, this is awesome. I've I've been waiting for this moment all my life to tell this story about her. So she gets up, she's standing in the classroom, and all of a sudden, the pressure was too much to bear. (laughs) And she, you know pass gas right in the class and she was like embarrassed you know like this and it was big and it was loud and all of a sudden her teacher goes Ashley don't worry about it even the queen of England has to do that right (laughs) even the queen of England my point is people are people and they come with the mess they're not always you know the ship shape tidy people that you think they ought to be or even that you think they do. Even the greats have to put on their pants one leg at a time, just like you. And because they're people, they need people to serve. This is what I love about James right here. He could have said so many other things. I'm a leader over the whole body of Christ. I'm in Jerusalem. I'm the pastor of Jerusalem. I'm the brother of Jesus, maybe. But that's not, that's, not how he, that's not how he introduced himself. I'm the servant of God. So I wanted you to see his heart right there, but then I also want you to know that he did know what he was talking about, right? And so let's go to the next verse. I know this is a favorite verse of all of us right here. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Oh, glory to God. (laughs) All these trials, oh joy, right? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its per- perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And all of our minds and all of our flesh basically heard nothing of verse 3 and 4 because all it's going is, I don't want a trial. Oh yeah, tell me to, be, to enjoy it. I don't want to enjoy it. I don't want to consider it joy. We can't even get past that. We can't get to the promise that's in 3 and 4 because we're hung up with I don't want the trial. And Joyce Meyer said this one time, everybody wants to be an overcomer, nobody wants to overcome. Everybody wants to be a conqueror, but nobody wants something to conquer. Right? At some point, you've got to make a decision who you are. Because you, you're going to be defeated if you don't become a conqueror. And he says he's made us more than conquerors. He's, he's, Jesus said things like occupy till I come. Have dominion. This is, and you've got to decide, am I going to humble myself to the word and to the Bible or am I going to let the devil and the world push me around? But that means that you're going to learn how to go through problems. And see, what you start to learn after you go you know, for a while or you have a good teacher is you'll start to learn that when everything looks so big to other people, you realize that even though it may be big to you, it's not big to God. It's not big to God. And in the middle of it, I can consider it joy. Now, I want you to, show, I want you to see something here. So uh, we're talking about healing. How many times have you had a situation where you come up and it's like, man, that doesn't feel good in my body. I need healing. And he's saying right here, when you come into a test and a trial, consider it joy. And then he says, I want you to see this, verse 3 and 4, now that I've given you time to recover, is knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, we're just coming into the new year. Do you know how many gym memberships rise at the first of the year? Like gym memberships, like I think they make their money off of January, right? Because everybody's like, it's a new me for like two days. Amen. And they go in there and they're so excited at first, you know, and, and they last 10 minutes. And, and, but then they go in there and all they see is the weights you know, or the weight, they see the endurance, it's like, this stinks, but the ones who will persevere start to understand that, okay, if I'll just go in here, these weights will get easier and easier, and they look down the road, and they run after the prize, all right, I want to get in better shape, same thing with fasting, you know, it's like, first day of fasting, yes, we're going to go after God. I'm going to be super Christian. Glory to God. Glory to God. Like day point 0.5, they're like, oh my gosh,
2: Oh, I need something to eat. Domino's, Pizza Hut, anything,
0: you know, whatever it is. Why? Because, but see, you have to find a hunger after the things of God that will drive you through the hunger in the flesh. You have to find something that will give you strength. Well, not only that, but if you ask the Lord, He'll give you supernatural strength. You know, this is day what? Well, today marks halfway through. We're halfway through the 40 days today. So 20 days, right? No solid food. Glory to God. Everybody's, nobody's, we're not having a funeral. That's amazing. Everybody's still living. Well, I mean, not everybody's doing solid food you know, fast. There's different ones going on. But what I'm saying is we're all still here. As much as our mind and our body is saying, ah, oh, you can't make it yet, we're seeing breakthrough. We're seeing testimonies. We're seeing healing. You can feel the Spirit of God rising. You've got to find something that will drive you. See, I've decided I'm more hungry for the things of God. I want to get around the presence of God more than I want to eat. Yeah. Pastor Bishop David Oyedepo said, do not eat away your destiny. Yeah. Because Jesus said, he didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. You know, even if you, if you're saying, you know what, I need some stuff to break in my life. I want to get closer to God. You can join right in with us right now and just join with us. There's different kinds of fast. Not everybody should at the first, uh, always. It depends on what the Lord tells you, but not everybody should just, you know, skip out on all food. You got different schedules and stuff. Hear from the Lord. He'll tell you what to do. And if you got questions about it, we can, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. But my point is, you can jump right in right now. But you've got to find something that pushes you through. In other words, see right here he's saying, look, this faith, it produces endurance in you. Well, do you want to have a lot of endurance or no endurance in God? We should have a lot. But guess what? To get to the place where we can endure. you think the marathon runner just goes out one day and runs the 262 Whatever stickers on the back of people's car that I don't really care. Anyway, uh, 26.2. You think that they just go out there and run that? No. No. You've got to build that. You think you just get up to be super Christian, and all of a sudden you just come right into the kingdom, and the gift of God has arrived in the kingdom today. It doesn't happen like that. It does not happen like that. We've got to decide that something's going to drive us. And that's what he's talking about. But watch what happens when we do. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may... See, endurance has a perfect result. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking no thing. Lacking nothing. Now, is that nice? Would you like to be perfect and complete in Christ, lacking nothing? then you've got to let endurance happen, which means you've got to be applying some faith. Which means you can go through hardships and not wilt. Now this word where it says here in verse 2, when you encounter various trials, this word means adversity. It literally means being crushed and destroyed. And didn't God say, isn't there a verse that says, we are persecuted but not abandoned, we are Crushed but not destroyed, right? But that's what this is, is saying. So in other words, God's promise is that we, we, those things may come, but we don't suffer the end result. We don't suffer the target of those persecutions, of those trials. We, uh, we go through and have the victory, but we get the victory through faith by trusting God. So now, this week I had the pleasure of being with uh, Dr. Rick Renner, who is a Greek scholar, and he was actually, a lot of what I'll say about these verses is what he said, and uh, he brought out some stuff, you know, the original Bible, the New Testament, was written in the language of Greek. And the Greek and the English language, they are not equal. Matter of fact, there's a lot of stuff that's very hard for the English language to show the passion and the depth that was in the Greek. And so he's a scholar of the Greek and he brought out some stuff. And I want you to see this. Let's go now uh, to verse 13. And I want you to understand this, that it appears as if James had been sent some questions that James had received some questions and his letter was answering those questions. And so this appears to be one of those questions that he was asked by uh, some of the believers. And he says this, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil and he himself does not tempt anyone. All right, so what he's saying is, apparently they sent him a question and said, what do we do when God tempts us or does God tempt us? They asked a question along those lines. And James says, let no one say that he's tempted by God. Now, I want you to know that this word tempted right here is the same word used over in verse 2 when it says you come into trials. It's the same Greek word, the same adversity, the same crushing and pressure, right? And he says, now watch this, I put it on your notes, and you can go uh, to boomerangchurch.org slash notes, and you can pull the the full notes up, but on your handout on the back, I, I showed you some of this. He says this, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, when you encounter various adversity being crushed and destroyed. Consider it all joy. Knowing that testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then to verse 13, it says, Let no one say when he's tempted, I am being tempted by God. In the Greek, here's what that means. It means, let no one say, God is allowing me to be crushed and destroyed from a distance. In other words, uh, David, will you come here please? Let's put, open up that. Uh, tell you what, do that camera up there. Uh, go over here on the side and just stand on that first, second step there. Right in front of the speaker. Hey! They are sorry. Um, <laughs> Alright, so now, let's imagine I'm over here in a trial and David's playing the position of God. Let me get as far as I can here. Yeah. Let's say I'm, I'm over here, right? And I'm going through the pressure, the adversity, the trial, right? What he's saying right here is, God, somehow, what what they were saying and asking the question is, somehow I'm over here getting tempted, going through the pressure, God's up there on the throne at a distance, seeing me go through this, and allowing me to let it happen. And James is saying, let no one say this. Let no one... Isn't this what we've heard about sickness and disease so many times? This is the picture. I'm here suffering, my body's hurting, and God's off in the distance sitting up in heaven watching me go through this. This is exactly what it means in the Greek. He's he's sitting up there and somehow he knows I'm going through it and he's allowing it. Yet James... Who's around these first century apostles, the pastor and overseer of the church is saying, Let no one say that God's sitting at a distance allowing this temptation to happen. Or that He's causing it. Some people think He's doing it. That's even worse. He says, let no one say. He said, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and He Himself does not tempt anyone. Now, if you look at this, I I brought it out again, where it says, let no one say. The Greek would have been like this. The person who says that God's allowing me, this is how James said it in the Greek. Stop it! Just stop it right now! So when he says, let no one say, in English it sounds all pretty and clean. Let no one say... That he's tempted by God. But James was saying, stop it. Basically, don't ever say it. You're wrong. You're missing it. It was, it was. Stop. Don't say that. He says, stop it and stop it now. When he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be thank you, sir. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Rick said this. Uh, James says, stop that kind of thinking right now. Don't even let it enter your mind. Don't even let it enter your thinking. That's not who God is. Listen, God, how much evil do you think is within God? None. Then how can He use, put evil on you? He's got no evil to give you. He's got none to give you. He's got no adversity to give you. He's got none in him to do. He's got none. He can't put sickness on you. He's got no sickness in him. You start to see it. But what does God give? He goes on in verse 17 and he gives us a good idea of what God actually gives. He says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In other words, he said, now listen, he said, don't let anybody say that God's sitting off in a distance and he's letting this happen. That is not the heart of God. Stop it and stop it right now. And then he goes on to say in the same passage, he said, let me show you, basically, let me show you what God is actually up to. This is the heart of God every good and perfect gift. Uh, Dr. Rick brought this out when he said every, he said God's habitual about getting those gifts to you. He's made a habit of getting those good things to you. He's made a habit of it. He said not only that, but he says every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down. That word there, in the original language, coming down, means like a Downpour, but not just any downpour. It's like a heavy downpour. A gully washer, I heard some. You know, I mean, it's coming down so much. You ever had one of those where you're like, I ain't getting out of the car to go inside. I don't care if it's five feet. I am not getting out right now. That's what it's talking about. It's like the other day, me and the girls got home, and we pulled up at the house, and we we're like, mm-mm. Mm -mm. No, because by the time I step and close my door, I'm going to be soaked and I'm already cold. I am not getting soaked. We just waited, checking our messages, you know, and y'all have a good day. Sure did. We're just sitting in the car. We were content. We're not getting in that. But see, this is a heavy downpour of God's blessings. A heavy downpour. This is what he's saying. So James is saying, let no one say that they're tempted by God. He's saying, let no one say that. But instead, let me show you what God's really up to. He is taking every good and perfect gift and they are coming down in a heavy downpour. I mean a heavy downpour. And then he says this. He said, from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. Now, what is this an example of? I've I've described it one way a lot of times. I'm not going to do that today. Let me give you another example of it. In this time, they used the sundial, right? And the shadow would shift as the sun moved position. What he's saying is, God is not up there at a distance allowing this temptation or sending this temptation. Don't even think it. Stop and stop thinking about it. Matter of fact, let me show you what he's actually doing. God is sitting up in heaven from above sending a heavy downpour, a heavy downpour. And his position, just like the sun, if the sun doesn't cause a shifting shadow, that means it stays in one place. He's saying God's position on this will never change. It's always the same. I want to do a heavy downpour. Pour out heavy blessings of every good and perfect gift in your life. And my position on that will never change. Isn't this good? Now I want you to see something though. Rick asked this question this week. He was preaching. I was like, he's preaching my message this Sunday. That's very nice of him to do. I just took notes. Because it went right along with what I was ministering on. So here's the thing. If God really had that big of a downpour going on all the time and his position never changes, wouldn't you reckon I might get hit by one of those every good and perfect gifts every now and then? I mean, if I can't get out of the car without getting soaked in a heavy downpour, I would think that every now and then I ought to run into one of those blessings. Have we been the recipient of everything that God is? Probably not. Why? Because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We haven't known this about God, so we haven't applied faith to it. You don't apply faith to it, you don't walk in it. Faith is the thing that leads us to righteousness, even our faith. It says it right there, 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith, even our faith. James, uh, Dr. Rick said this, If something is from God, it will only upgrade, enhance, or improve your life. If it takes away from your life, it fails the test that it was from God. Jesus said the same thing in John 10.10, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm come that they might have life and have it in abundance. Jesus said it again when he said, pray this way, our father, you're right. Father, your name is holy. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there any lack in heaven? No, 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 there's not. So he says, look, if this downpour is going on, we've got to start learning about who God is, what his true character and his nature is. But then we're responsible to apply some faith there, to stand on it and believe God. And what kind of thing, this is the thing now, all of a sudden, how many of us, when we get into that various trials, we consider it all joy? You see, God is always, what is he doing? She read the scripture earlier, 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be unto God who always, always, always leads us in triumph in Christ. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says that there's no temptation, no temptation that you will face, I'm paraphrasing, no temptation you'll face, basically no situation that you'll face, but God is faithful and he will provide a way out and he will give you the strength to endure it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. That means any trial that I come up on, let's just look at this. Let's look at this verse one more time. James 1, 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Here's a good test of if we're getting that right. The last time that a trial came on you, the last time you felt sick in your body. What did, let me ask you this. What does joy look like? So here's the thing. The last time you got tempted with a trial or a temptation in your life, was your, was your response this? <laughs> Devil, you're an idiot! If it wasn't that... You're probably not considering that joy. But see, when you start understanding who God is and what he's done for you, man, the devil, the other day something happened. I forget what it was. I just started laughing at the devil. I was like, you are such a loser. devil! you're an idiot. What a jerk trying to do that stuff. You are such a loser. I started laughing at him. You know, he's prideful anyway. He doesn't like that, right? Which makes me happy. I'm glad if he's upset. I don't want them to like me. I hate him. He hates me. We're good. That's the one thing we agree on. Because he's a jerk. He likes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I don't like that because God doesn't like that. And there's got to be a people that stands up and sees things the way God does. He is killing and destroying the people that are called to be the children of God. He's leading them into deception. And he's vicious about it. If he could kill you, he would. But he can't because all power and authority has been given to Jesus. He's a zero. He's got nothing. The only power he has is what we give him because we don't know this word. And we don't apply our faith. That's the only thing. That's that's where he gets his power from. From us speaking the wrong things and believing the wrong things and walking the things out. That's why it's important for us to apply our faith. And all of a sudden you see him try something. See, he'll try stuff. He'll throw symptoms at you and he's looking to see how you respond. But if you really knew what you look like in the Spirit as a Christian, you got to understand that if you could see with spiritual eyes, if you're a Christian, you look like Jesus. He doesn't know who he's dealing with until you respond in an unfaithful way. That's the only way he knows. I can go and show you show you this in the scripture. But my point is, this is, I'm not trying to teach on that, I'm just trying to get this point across to you, is that the devil is sitting there and he really doesn't know who he's dealing with. When we are the saints in light and we step in front of him, he's like just throwing stuff out there seeing if it sticks. The same way he threw that stuff out there at Jesus when he was coming off of his fast and he was saying, hey, turn these, I know you're hungry, turn these stones into bread. Jesus was like, pfft. Get behind me. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He's like, go up to the temple and cast yourself off. And Jesus like, get, go. You know, he has those three temptations. He just, he laughs at all. It's done. Hey, Why? Because he knew who he was in God. He knew the promises of God, the character and nature of God. And he was humble enough to not think higher of himself. I know I can't do this on my own, but with God, you are done, devil. You're done. And so all of a sudden, when that starts to become a reality and these trials come about, all of a sudden you've got a scholar wrote the book of James telling you, <laughs> consider it joy. Not because, see, most of the religious world would tell you consider it a joy because we get to suffer with Jesus. I'm sorry, but the, the, listen, the fruit of faith is not suffering, but moving through to the place of overcoming. That's the fruit of faith. To come through, he's never leading us to failure, he's always leading us to triumph in that verse. He's given you the way out. And all of a sudden when we change and we repent and change our mindset, all of a sudden a trial comes up. We don't see the trial. We don't feel the pain of it because we know God's bigger. We're just like, I'm about to grow. All you're doing is giving me the resistance to grow stronger against you and put you down. You are such an idiot. (laughs) You're just making me stronger. Every time you do this, I just get stronger. And we can just whip you more and more and more and more. So, you know, all you're doing is giving us testimonies, miracles, healings, deliverance. That's all you're doing. The more you do it, the more we win because we apply faith. The more people get excited about how good God is. (laughs) Dumb devil. But see, because people don't think that way, because they don't know the word, that's not how they normally react. And the devil goes, ah. I'm going around as a roaring lion, seeking who I may devour. Because I can't devour them till they show me a lack of faith, till they show me that they don't know or don't believe. They don't respond. With the joy of the Lord at a trial and temptation. They don't get excited about what God's already done. He's like, I got one I can devour right here. And that's what the devil's thinking. So we need to become the kind of people that go, you done messed with the wrong folks. You shouldn't have come around that boomerang crowd. You shouldn't have tried to, you shouldn't have tried to throw them into temptation trials. All they're doing is getting stronger. They're just getting stronger. You know, one demon to the other demon. Oh, no, don't send us back to that boomerang crowd. Don't send us back to them. All they're going to do is just whip us. I'm tired. You know, Satan, don't send me back. Get up there. You know, and I guess that's how he talks. And uh, get get up there. And and he was like, no, no. You know, and they just get beat. Why? Because they're like, they're walking around like little Jesuses. They're walking in the glory of God. They know who they are. They know they have power. They know they have authority. You try to get them sick, they just get healed. You try to kill them, they just get stronger. They just keep giving God more glory. And they laugh at us. And they laugh at us. They consider it joy. They actually listen to what James said. All of a sudden the mindset changes. Uh, and, And then you grab a hold of it. And then more people grab a hold of it. You start seeing the manifestations of the love of God. You start seeing the healings. You start seeing the provision. You start seeing all the promises of God. So now when the trial comes up or the sickness comes up. You know, and it's not like he's going to stop trying. You know, just this morning, I'm preaching a series on healing. I wake up. My throat is like trying to do funky stuff, right? I just start laughing. I'm like, do you know what I'm preaching on today? What an idiot. I'm just laughing. This is funny. You're trying to stop. I already know. You're not convincing me anymore. It has become reality to me. Yeah. It's become a reality and when it can become a reality in my heart and my mind and by faith I believe and confess and do not doubt in my heart but believe I have received them, I shall have those things that I ask for. And any one of us can apply the same scripture and it shall be done. Shall be done. So right now, I just ask you. What kind of trial or temptation are you under? What kind of thing is it that you are looking at? And are you looking at it like, well, maybe God will come through? Did you listen to those scriptures? It's not a maybe. He's already done it. He's already proven it. It's who you are. It's time to consider it a joy. It's not not for putting up with the suffering. You know, they've tried to combine verses out of context. It's not for the putting up of the suffering there. It's saying consider it joy because you've already got the victory. It's already yours. It's it's yours. It's yours.